Yo, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? It's your boy Lewis S. Black coming to you with another podcast, baby. And on today's topic, what we're going to talk about is not being scared to pursue an idea. The inspiration came from me just simply having a talk with my younger brother today on the phone before I clocked in at work. We were sitting up in talking about um you know some movie stuff and for some reason inspiration just hit me i got inspiration from the conversation and of course i'm not going to tell y'all what it is because let that be my luck somebody that happened to just be lucky enough to be listening to what i still feel is a very exclusive podcast even though we're a hundred shows deep with some respectable uh, views for what it's worth due to my lack of promotion, which is something I'm going to step up. I'm able to acknowledge that. So I'm not going to go into anything close to what it was about, but it was definitely something that I've never seen before. And like most good movies or most entertaining movies, it had a very outside of the box, very different type of vibe and approach. And it was so unique to the point to where I am going to write it down because a wise man once said that if you don't write it down, it never happened and it never will happen. But unlike a hotline or a hot bar, because everybody that knows me, Lewis says black knows that I can rap. It's like, okay, I can get to it. Like I can get to writing it down after I do this very quick podcast. Because it's just that catchy. It's like the idea hit me like something like if I describe it to someone that hasn't seen the movie and I've seen the movie. And no knock to my brother, but he was like, nah, man. And then I had to tell him because he's he's younger than me. So I had to get into big brother mode and let him know, hey, at this age, getting ready to be 39 next month, July 16th. Not to date the show, but it is what it is. I'm not scared of rejection anymore. And that's another thing that we can talk about, too, to make this episode nice and juicy. Don't be scared to pursue an idea. And don't be scared of rejection. Part of it is I felt like this is something that I would sit down and watch. If I sat down and I was just scrolling through Netflix, which is someone I will use as an example later, or Hulu, Amazon Prime, shouts out to all these outlets that I pay for monthly that uh, keep my black ass entertained. And if I saw the title and then I clicked on the description, the description would sell me into watching this. And mind you, in this day and age, A good movie is about getting picked up and getting those streams. That's something that I will watch. Being that I don't even have to pay for a movie ticket. I don't have to put on clothes. I don't have to get dressed to impress. Because we all know that um, if a player like myself goes to the movie theater, I will mess around and see a female and some real fly shit that I've done 
not to um, interrupt myself, but some real cool shit because I do not do movies. I do not do movie dates. I feel like they are very boring. I feel like they're counterproductive because here it is a woman that I've probably only talked on the phone with a little bit here and there. Now it's time for us to meet up and be in each other's company for a few hours. And the majority of the time, minus maybe if we get there early enough to be able to sit in the theater while the lights are still on before they even put on the previews, because you got to get quiet as soon as they put on the damn previews. So maybe the commercials, you can talk a little bit. But other than that, once the movie comes on, unless we happen to be one of the only few people in there, which may be a thing now with COVID. You know, for the most part, if it's a packed movie theater, somebody's going to tell you, hey, we're trying to watch the movie here. Shut the fuck up. And then at that point, um, it's kind of a catch-22 because now you're testing my manhood in front of this lady that barely knows me. You know, um, a lady that knows me very well may be cool with me saying, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and uh, put my hands in my pocket and chill because I don't want us to get kicked out. But that's a woman that has rapport with you. A woman that has known you for a damn while. But to the common woman that doesn't know whether you're an alpha male or a beta male, I really hate getting into that, but whatever. You know, she ain't going to respect you unless you turn around and tell that motherfucker, hey, who, who the fuck you think you're talking to? Hey, watch your mouth. All right, I'll tone it down a little bit. I'm going to continue talking to this lady, but I'll go ahead and lower my voice a little bit. But you're going to watch uh, that little profanity partner. Go home and cuss at your kids. Nigga. So, whatever. But I really interrupted myself on that. What I came up with is something that I could, I could see people going to the theaters to go see it but that would probably be a thing where it would be because I made it an all black thing and black folks want to support a black man with a very catchy comedy idea and believe it or not even with me being a brother the first book I wrote was basically a black book but uh, this one right here, I'm really leaning towards um, a mixed type of crowd. All type of races for some reason. And I'm going to go with it. The first main character that popped up to me was a white guy and a white family. And maybe since I'm in control of it, me, parallel, me paralleling it with a uh, black family. And bam, I still didn't give you too much. But the whole premise is not about this movie that Black wants to do. It's about the fact that I told my brother, hey, I'm going to pursue it because anything that you can think of that's out here started off as an idea. It started from the, I've always said this before, you may be able to go back to a few podcasts. It may be hard now that we are a hundred and damn near ten deep, baby. But I've always said this everything you see around you started off as an idea the job that you work at the company started off as an idea the damn building that you work at somebody decided we need to put the office right here 
whether your building, whether your job has multiple offices or whether it's just one. Somebody said this part of town would be good. That was an idea. Somebody said, OK, then a damn architect came through and he was like, here's how I want this bad motherfucker to look. We're going to put the break room here. We're going to put the computers in the main little work area here. Boom. That started off as an idea and people executed a lot of ideas sound crazy as hell when you just spew them out in just raw form. Like when they just go from an idea out of your head and they just go downwards to your vocal cords and they come out. They would sound crazy as hell. Man, Dr. Naismith, Dr. Naismith who created one of my favorite games, or should I say one of my favorite athletic sporting events, basketball. I'm gonna break it down to y'all as the good podcaster I am on how crazy that shit sounds as a raw idea. Now what I will do is, I'm gonna give y'all a quick little second to, cause you're gonna need a drink for this one. If you're a drinker, you're gonna need to go ahead and uh, freshen up your drink and freshen up your drink means that you go ahead and uh give yourself a nice little refill get that lick in there get that little juice in there that you like to mix it with or if you like to just drink it straight whatever and you know if you're um someone that smokes this is a little bit of a time to at least start rolling up you know start breaking it down when was basketball invented well i guess when you got google that's something else that you'll probably hear me say, and I will get a shirt made one day that says, why guess when you got Google? Here we go. 1891, the birthplace of basketball. The game was invented by Springfield College instructor and graduate student James Naismith in 1891 and has grown into the worldwide athletic phenomenon we known it to be today. We're going to do a little bit of a Wikipedia on this one. All right. I'm normally not into that reading on the podcast. I hate when people do it, but it's cool if you keep it short and snappy the way I am. All right. The history of basketball began with its invention in 1891 in Springfield, Massachusetts. All right, so that's the home of basketball. Ain't that ironic? They wound up getting one of the greatest teams, the Boston Celtics, by Canadian physical education instructor James Naismith as a less injury-prone sport than football. <laughs> okay, yeah, less injuries than football, but boy, nowadays, motherfuckers be going through it. Naismith was a 31-year-old graduate student when he created the indoor sport to keep athletes indoors during the winters. The game became established fairly quickly and grew very popular as the 20th century progressed. Hell yeah. First in America, then in other parts of the world. After basketball became established in American college, the professional game followed. ABA, we all know about that, established in 46. What I'm looking for is I want to get into the invention. The game of basketball, as it's known today, was created by Naismith in 1891 in Springfield, Massachusetts. I'm going to kind of cut out a few words to condition young athletes during the cold months. 
He was a physical education instructor at the YMCA International Training School, now known as Springfield College in Springfield, Massachusetts. Upon the request of his boss, Naismith was tasked to create an indoor sports game to help athletes keep in shape in cold weather. It consisted of peach baskets and a soccer-style ball. Ain't that ironic, because I swear, in the hood, just to practice shooting, because we really couldn't, you know, bounce it like that, we did used to use soccer balls as basketballs at one point in the hood, but it was strictly just, hey, get it and shoot. That's real funny. He published 13 rules for the new game. He divided his class of 18 into two teams of nine players each and set about to teach them the basis of his new game. The objective of the game was to throw the basketball into the fruit baskets nailed to the lower railing of the gym balcony. Yep, just like in the hood, how we used to take them crates and put them on top of something. Every time a point was scored, the game was halted so the janitor could bring out a ladder and retrieve the ball. After a while, and I know that had to get old. After a while, the bottoms of the fruit baskets were removed. The third, and I'm pretty sure that was so that, hey, it can fall right through the hole. One of us can grab it and, you know, we can give it to somebody else and we can inbound it. It's our turn to see what we can do. The first public basketball game was played in Springfield on March 11th, 1892. Wow. We're not going to get into the logistics of that because that's not what I'm here for, because I'm using that more as an example. But I want to take you all through the process that ideas go through. At first, his shit was just that. That's just the grassroots of it. We're going to divide up and we're going to see who can put this ball into this peach basket as many times. And then, wow, I like how the janitor had to keep on getting on the ladder to get the ball. And then he said, damn that, we're just going to cut out the bottom. But that idea, just raw. I'm going to take a peach basket and we're going to see how many times we can get the ball into the peach basket. Do you know how crazy that probably sounded to his boss that told him come up with something and I'm pretty sure if they make a movie about this which they should they should if they haven't already I'm pretty sure that when he finally put feet to the ground you know what I'm saying asses wiggling in the air and got some people to get together and pass this soccer ball to each other and basically they had the since it's up higher than them that's where the shot came from it's not like they kicked this thing level at your at your level like with hockey or with soccer or even with football where the damn end zone is right at your feet they sat up here and put it on the balcony so they made it higher so by natural instinct Whoever got the ball was like, the only way I'm going to get it is I'm going to have to throw this mug. Then after a while, by human instinct, people figured if I kind of arch my arms like this and I hit him with that flick of the wrist, hit him with the flick of the wrist, I woke up this morning feeling like I was on the moon. Ooh, I'm sorry, that used to be my jam a few years ago. I'm going to listen to that later. <laughs> Look at the flick of the wrist. 
that flick of the wrist somebody figured out you know what if we use this form we can get that ball in more and then eventually he was like uh-uh we will not be able to make this a sport the biggest thing he could have did was cutting out the bottom of those peach baskets and then him saying you know what i'm pretty sure because i'm really guessing my way through this but i'm using my common sense i'm really thinking that trying to get this round ball into a more bigger square type of um object kind of like when we used to put the balls through those little crates or whatever i'm like that could be a little handicapped because you know some of those little square parts may not agree with you know that round part so i'm pretty sure at one point it evolved the idea evolved within itself like let's make the actual goal round we're gonna make it round we're not gonna make it the exact size of the basketball we're gonna make it a little bit bigger than the basketball if we make it too big then no matter who you are you can get it in that's why for the most part any at any office athlete can get a small piece of paper into a big ass trash can we don't want to make it that easy so we're going to make it just right just right to where you got to be a bad motherfucker to get this ball in and the game becomes interesting i use that long example to show you how you can have a good idea and it in the raw may sound like some of the craziest shit ever but put that idea to practice and it's going to evolve within itself and it can wind up being a good idea or a bad idea trust me in your state no matter where you're listening from if you go to the penitentiary and decide to go visit one of your loved ones or decide to just go and do a random visit you're going to see a prison fool of inmates that came up with some bad ideas and the crazy thing is a place like prison with the fact that you have limited resources but so many resources around you you got people that are in there every day coming up with bad ideas it ain't shit to do but come up with stupid ass bad ideas bad ideas start off and they evolve good ideas do the same one of the biggest things that scares people is entrepreneurship starting businesses even in this day and age of the internet because people are scared of failure people are not scared to work for themselves because your average person knows okay i've got my own business that doesn't mean that i get to sleep until two o'clock in the afternoon every day people don't have a problem with the fact that it's going to be some early mornings and some late nights people don't have a problem with the grind what people are afraid of is rejection because we live in a society that makes you feel like shit for failing we live in a society that will take a multi-millionaire that will take a billionaire and when they tell their story at best 
they may tell you about the one or two hiccups they had with that successful business. Like, for instance, Jeff Bezos, Amazon, that whole idea just coming out the flip. Sounds like a very good idea. I don't know how you could shit on being able to take consumer products, buy them straight from the manufacturer, and then because of the fact that you don't have a storefront and a whole bunch of employees and high ass rent to pay that you can charge maybe a certain little percentage above what you got it from the manufacturer for a direct and let that be the reason that you're delivering goods to a person's doorstep and they're getting it for a better price than they would at the store so they're getting a discount without even having to leave their house shouts out to Amazon I'll always say it horrible place to work great place to shop prime day will be coming up on june 21st june 22nd i will be looking to see what deals they got because i need to start doing some of my daughter's birthday shopping and i might want to get some things for myself for my birthday but that's here nor there any documentary they're going to tell you about him and his wife starting off in that garage and they'll tell you about the slow process. But I don't know if he had his hands in any other business ventures or if he tried anything. I'm pretty sure if he had the balls or as some would say if he had the stones to try something like this, I'm pretty sure he tried something before. But I'm not going to tell you about that. They want to tell you that rags to ridge story. Damn, here it was back in the mid 90s. He started off in the garage. Now look at me now. That song Chris Brown, Look at Me Now. Ooh, look at me now. And they'll tell you that because that's all they want to acknowledge. They barely want to acknowledge it with Trump. But if you've just been keeping your eyes on him and just paying attention, you know, Trump is the hustler that, that, that won't stop. I can show more of my respect to him now that he's not our president. You know what I'm saying? I can give him his props as a hustler, which is he wouldn't stop. Trump stakes, Trump this, Trump that. He made himself into a brand and he tried anything and he didn't care about failure. Part of it is because he was already sitting on some money, still sitting still sitting on some money even now. And he, even this presidency thing, you know, somebody can look at it and be like, okay, you got in for four years, but your second term, you got defeated by a dude with dementia somebody can look at that as failure but you gotta have that trump attitude which is i don't care i did it i tried and at least i can say that i did it at least i can say i gave it to college effort not gonna go there as far as his effort as far as being a president but whatever that's here nor there we're not gonna get political on this show at least not on this episode baby and that's the thing that chick because it's really not about women right now that's why I wanted to kind of switch it up and I'm going to be switching it up as much as I can for the next episodes because quite frankly I'm just tired of talking about women I'm not going MGTOW let me get to my point I'm not going MGTOW I definitely am in a red pill kind of mood but red pill in the sense of if you hot I will holler at you 
not gonna be doing nowhere near as many cold approaches. I gotta have some choosing signals. Choosing signals required. Choosing signals, I'm going to be just like somebody's employer. I am a company. I offer a service. In this case, I'm a company and I offer dick and conversation and protection when you're around me because ain't nobody gonna hurt you. Ain't nobody. We're just mm, mm, mm. ain't gonna hurt nobody. That was the cut. That's what I offer. You gave a choosing signal to your job, whoever you are. That choosing signal was you sat up and you got online and for 15 to 20 minutes, you dedicated your time to filling out an application and then you hit submit. Then after that, your job put in some work. They picked up the phone and they called you, asked you a few little questions. Then they invited you over so that they could get a look at you, so that they could put eyes on you spend a little bit more time with you and really fill you out to see if you a good fit and then they said you know what we're cool we'll, we'll, we'll fuck with you you want to fuck with us okay and y'all shook hands you filled out a w-2 next thing you know you came through to orientation and before you knew it you was an employee proud or unproud of whatever whatever corporation same thing with these females i ain't playing no games so now i'm going to stick on this and guess what it's going to be recorded that's another thing if you didn't write it down it didn't happen if you didn't speak it on a recording it didn't happen and it's not going to happen i'm going to stay single from now june 2021 and i'm not even going to think about pursuing a relationship until around October of 2023 when it gets a little when it gets a little cool and these chicks kind of you know get off their hot girl summer shit it takes a little longer in hot ass Dallas but that's here nor there whole point that I was making is we're talking about rejection right I'm not scared of rejection like I said I don't do as many I've never really you know been super 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 cold approach because the whole just straight up cold approach is kind of like ooh, you know but a cold approach to me is you know kind of be in the vicinity see if i'm getting a little eye contact hey how you doing and just starting up a conversation it ain't y'all you know it ain't like on tv where i say some super suave little shit you know damn how is your day going oh well you know my day was alright, but now it's fantastic now that I've seen you. I don't get off into all that. But, fear of rejection. And a lot of dudes deal with this with women. Even if she rejects you, at least you can say, hey, I had the stones, I had the balls to go and holler at her. And actually, that makes me feel better. Because I'm a handsome motherfucker. And I have been shot down by some attractive women before. I've, I've never really gotten shot down in no hurtful way because they knew like, okay, this dude is handsome. I mean, it ain't nothing really wrong, but I'm just, I just don't feel like being bothered. He's not my type. He's too dark. He's, I don't know, too tall and not tall enough. Cause I'm like six foot one 
or just whatever. I don't like how he wears his hair. Just whatever it could be. Hell, it could just be they don't like your t-shirt that you got on. Not necessarily because it's dirty or anything. It could just be, hey, they don't like the type of shirt you got on. It could just be whatever. So I never really got, ooh, you know, get the fuck away from me, yada, 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 yada. It's always been a, oh, you know, cool, just whatever, whatever. So maybe that's one of the reasons why I'm not scared of rejection. And another thing is for every rejection, I have enough success stories. Women that have said, yes, you can have my phone number. Women that have done more because I'm not into phone numbers now. I'm not 14 years old anymore. That's not the final frontier. All right. I'm into getting pussy. So I've got plenty of, you know, good success stories. About, you know, getting a female's phone number, going through the motions with her, you know what I'm saying, tapping that ass. <laughs> what uh what the bully on house party say when they was in the car talking about some um talking about kid, talking about some man, this fool just be on my mind. I'll be with my woman and I'll be getting ready to wax that ass. And this pop motherfucker just pops across my mind. Pee-wee was like, I don't know about you, but if I'm finna get some ass, I ain't thinking about no kid. So I've got that. And that's what keeps me confident. And that's what should keep anybody confident if it comes to rejection as far as what we're talking about with just women. We're just on the woman section on this podcast because I've already talked about businesses and screenplays and things like that. So I'll talk about women for a little bit. Because like I said, I'm really not tripping off of no women right now. I'm really getting into, you know, being around myself, enjoying my own company which is something that I've always done but I've noticed that for some reason back when I was definitely in high school it seemed like for some reason in high school maybe it's because I knew that it was a flock of them around and I could easily go to somewhere like the palace or the mall and it's a whole bunch of them and on any given weekend I can go out and get 10 phone numbers and all this and that I used to think back about how I'd be off into that video game or off into looking at them rap videos or just off into, you know, looking at movies or TV shows. And I noticed that I didn't spend a whole bunch of time just sitting up constantly on the phone, dialing these females, trying to have damn small talk with their ass. And I noticed that I was really, really, really happy. And then I noticed that kind of during college, you know, once I start living around a whole bunch of little dudes, you know, dudes or whatever my age or whatever, I didn't sit up here and spend as much time sitting up here trying to call these little females. I'd be hanging with my homeboys, sitting up talking shit, playing video games, playing on the internet because we had computers in our room, whatever. Then maybe towards the evening time before it got too, too late, maybe, you know, dial up an extension here and there, talk to the females. And it was mainly... I want to get some conversation in so I can get some rapport so that I can finally wax that ass. I think the only time I really got into, you know, just want to sit up and talk to some females was a very dark time in my life around 08 through about maybe 20, about 2012. You know what I'm saying? A very dark time in my life of being single. And loving it and doing Michael Jordan numbers as far as the chicks I was hitting. But just getting drunk and just wanting to talk. Mm -hmm. And just wanting to hear a female's voice. And 
it was kind of weird because, you know, they like to banter and they like to babble. And then here it is, I'm drunk and I'm just on there just babbling right along with their ass. And for some reason, that probably every few, every once in a while, probably accidentally created a rapport. Not knowing that shit. When I'm sober, I don't feel like talking to none of y'all motherfuckers, man. It's a chick that I pulled on Sunday that I might need to call because I'm just thinking, okay, damn. But I really forgot, and I've really been just that busy. So rejection. Rejection is something I don't even care about because I'm up here like shit. Unless something crazy happens, you know, knock on, knock on wood. I know that I'll always be able to pull. Car, no car, you know what I'm saying? Crib, no crib, job, no job. Because I've been at the lowest of the low. Where all I had was just a damn crib and a part-time gig that I was working for my grandmother. Rest in peace. And I was keeping myself afloat, just, you know, barely keeping the rent paid. And was just screwing more than ever. But that's because I had time on my hands. But that's a whole nother episode. Don't want things to flow left. Never be scared of rejection. Rejection only makes you stronger. Because what made anybody better was missing the shot. Rejection in the sense of a basketball player. Imagine if you just came out and for some reason the universe was on your side. And as a kid, the first time you picked up a basketball, for the first 200 times that you hooked that ball in the air, it always went in. And let's say this went on for a year for some magical reason. You wouldn't learn how to play basketball. You'd just be like, you know what? I'm going to sign up for the team, and no matter where I'm at, I'm just going to huck it, and it's going to go in. No. What makes you better is missing. And let me slow it down on this one. I'm glad that I'm not talking to someone because somebody be like, what failure? No. What it is, is you get on that court. Like most people, like me, I'm pretty sure my first shot, even if it was a hit or a miss, I'm pretty sure the second or third one was a miss. And when you miss that shot, you're like, okay, what did I do when I missed that shot? I kind of didn't plant my knees right. I didn't hit him with the flick of the wrist. Let me flick my wrist better. Let me square my knees better. Let me square my shoulders up a little bit better. Let me do something. I shoot with my right, but let me do something a little bit better with this left hand that's holding it. And you try shit. Then you start noticing, okay, bam, out of 10 shots, I hit five. Then, wow, now I'm doing this and I'm hitting damn near eight out of 10. Trust me, that's how Steph Curry, one of the greatest shooters in the world, probably got to where he's at. Same thing with talking to women. And shit, it's even easier to pick out because shit, with basketball, for some reason, even though it's skill, it can be a little bit of a luck of the draw as far as like, okay, um, I tried this and I just had a bad night. Then I had the same cocked left elbow, same right shot, because most of these NBA players got the same damn shot. Dirk Nowinski, he had that fade back but put my knee out there by your gut type of shit. And some nights it didn't work. And some nights he scored damn near 40 or 50 on your black ass. So it is what it is. But talking to women, you can learn. 
Like, you know what? I did kind of just come off talking more about myself and not her. Or I did, you know, have on this type of shit, whatever, whatever. It's something that you can learn from when a woman rejected you. It ain't always, oh, the bitch is stuck up, the bitch is gay, the bitch got a man. No, taking accountability. Accountability is going to be another show that we do. It's about realizing like, hey, it was just genuinely my fault at this particular time. And that's cool. Businesses fail. When these businesses fail, because we're going to wrap this thing on up. And you can just let my words resonate. That's why I'm always going to try to keep my shows within about 40 minutes so that you can take it and it just resonates with you. A lot of failed entrepreneurs, they're like, you know what? This time around, I didn't promote. I didn't promote. I was there, but I expected people to just walk in because they see a sign that says, uh, I don't know, Tony's Steakhouse, whatever the hell. I should have had more internet presence. I should have advertised more. Then they start up their next business, and all of a sudden, they're an advertising fool. Almost to the point where you're sick of seeing their advertisements. And all of a sudden, business is booming. That's what they talk about when they say, learning from your mistakes. And usually mistakes lead to failure and rejection. Do not embrace failure. And do not embrace rejection. Because this world is all about balance. So too much of it means that you're just a... A, a world class royal fuck up but just a healthy dose of it just like you know we need a little bit of sugar in our system you know what I'm saying but too much of it can cause a health problem too much failure rejection means that you're a royal fuck up but not enough of it you become spoiled you get what some rich people actually call as a mental condition affluenza you know, you're so used to everybody kissing your ass and the world being handed to you that it has handicapped you. And now you don't know how to function as a normal person because a normal person walk in this world. Yes, even a halfway attractive female knows about rejection a little bit. They don't take rejection as well, especially the fine ones, but it is what it is. So you got to learn to embrace it and take it and learn from it. Learn from each failure and every rejection, and I guarantee you, you'll become more successful. And success is not just about money. Success is just doing your job the way you, success can be doing your job the way you want to do it. And you failed at doing your job properly. Boss man got up on you. Now you know the right things to do. Success can be, you know, uh, you and how you deal with women. Used to get shot down all the time at the damn bar. Now you the man in it. Now what what Denzel say? I'm the man in this piece. You got other niggas sitting in the background. Jealous. You know what I'm saying? They sitting there ain't pulled nothing. You know what I'm saying? And you just running through the room. Success can be what you're doing with your kids. Something else I want to tighten up on and you know work on definitely trying to figure out how to be the best father that I can be that's something that I would strive for because no father can be perfect but be the best that you can be 
And that's a good point to leave off on this show. This has been another episode of the Lewis S. Black Show. I want to thank your time. I want to thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Because you are anywhere in the world. Because this is mobile. But you could have been listening to anything else in the world. Even if you're playing on social media and checking your news feed while watching me. You could have been listening to anything in the world right now. But you were listening to me. And I am humble. And I am grateful for that. Love y'all. Peace. Stop playing hate niggas cause they cop
you change. Make me the living out of cuss words, liquor and weed, a bad seed turn good. In this world of G, baby, got me fantasizing seeing you naked. It's the fuck song, so check my record. Let's be friends.